Hello and welcome to the Seattle Podcasters Podcast. I'm Jason Rigdon. Today I have Grace Madigan, podcast editor for the Daily Soundbite Network. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is fun. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Uh, we're recording on that big, um, s- the morning of the snowstorm. Yeah, yeah, I'm like hunkered down in my house with some tea, so. <laughs> so could you tell me a little bit about this podcast network? Yeah, so uh, I don't think maybe a lot of people know about it, but um, The Daily has its own po- podcast network. We currently have six shows right now, and they range in different topics. There's one about the environmental research that goes on at the UW. There's one about UW sports. Uh, I do one that's like sort of like the New York Times The Daily, only it's weekly, and it's like pertaining to UW and Seattle news. Um, we also have a new music one, and then one about uh, student government, and then um, we've got one about uh, some of the decade's best uh, rock al- albums over the past like 50 years or something like that, yeah. So there's a lot of different stuff. And the Daily is the student newspaper for the UW, and this is their podcast. Or are they are like connected? Um, yeah. So we are kind of, we're connected at the same time, kind of a separate entity. Entity. Um, so for like the news podcast, I try to work with the reporters and writers and pick a story from the week, and then have that writer on to talk more about it. Um. But some of the other ones, you know, it's kind of their standalone sports podcast uh, will get athletes and stuff on the podcast. Um, But yeah, so they're sort of like, yes, we're part of the daily, but we don't exactly totally work like hand in hand with them. But we're working on that sort of relationship, I guess. And how old is this network? It's actually a good question. I'm not sure when exactly it started. Um, I think it's been around for like at least five years and it's kind of just like grown like over the years Um, and I think that's partly because of like the popularity of podcasts has just kind of exponentially grown. (laughs) And how long have you been involved with the network? So I started um, last year Um, at the beginning of last year I was doing a podcast I wasn't the editor I was doing a podcast called Home Plates, which was all about learning about other cultures through food. So UW has a big international student population. So I'd get uh, one someone who grew up in another food culture uh, to come on the show, and we would just chat about uh, that food culture. So we talk about like dining etiquette, their favorite street food, junk food and drunk food. Um, but yeah, it was just like a lot of fun. And so after that, I sort of like fell into that podcast. I wanted to do something that related to like food, like because I'm a journalism major and podcasting just seemed like maybe a good way to like learn more about others and food cultures. And then eventually I took over the podcast section. So, yeah. And so do you do all the editing for all these shows? Uh, Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, there's one show that, uh, the host who, who, the person who hosts it basically produces and edits his own, but the other ones I work 
pretty closely with to edit them and, uh, you know, uh, help them with whatever's. But yeah, I'm editing basically all of them. And what really motivated you to start getting involved with podcasting? Um, That's a good question. I think, honestly, it was like, it really does go back to me just wanting to find an outlet to like, learn more and talk about like food. Um, That food writing is what I'm really interested in. And I'm a journalism student. So um, I just wanted to find a way to sort of tell stories uh, revolving around food. And I saw a podcast as sort of a way that was like seemed accessible at the time and I thought could like help me improve my own like interviewing skills and um, also like learn about new things and other people and other cultures and I liked podcasts a lot and so I thought mm, why not try this and I honestly just like ended up really enjoying it um, it was sort of weird I don't think like I really went into it thinking I was going to enjoy it because I'm not crazy about the sound of my own voice. I think like many other people, um, but it was just a lot of fun to like learn about other people and talk to other people that maybe I wouldn't have had a chance to do uh, if I hadn't been doing the podcast. And had you done any podcasting before this? No, I had not. I had done some like, online radio stuff for like um college uh but that was like mainly you know just playing playing some songs and then telling them you know the listeners what song it was and what band it was or whatever so nothing really like podcasting no but um it was definitely sort of like a learn as I went process for me and I'm still like learning a lot so and for you personally, what's been the biggest challenge of podcasting? Um, I would say that I think like I've never had any like training or like, you know, formal. Yeah, I've never had any formal training. Um, and so a lot of it is just trial and error. And um, as podcast editor, I'm expected to like, you know, really help everyone else and like get these podcasts up and running and stuff. And, you know, I think I know enough to like get them off the ground and help them. But, you know, I'm always searching for new ways to try to promote, to like, you know, make the sound better, to help them, you know, with whatever. And so I think it's just been like a challenge of like, always trying to like, keep learning, keep up, because I've never had like, uh, a class or anyone to like, sit down and be like, Oh, this is how you know, you work the soundboard, or this is how you edit with audition. This is how you, you know, this is a good interviewing tip or whatever. So it's really just been like, me trying a bunch of stuff and seeing what works, what doesn't work, and then constantly trying to find resources to help me improve those things. Yeah, it takes a lot of bravery to do this to put yourself out there and record yourself and push yourself to learn all this stuff. Yeah, I I think like, yeah, and I think that's what scares a lot of people from doing podcasts, you know? And um, I think like you just kind of have to, because like, I think with like what I tell everyone is like, who's interested in podcasts, but they're like, I don't want to do it, you know, for the daily. I'm just like, you know, you have to kind of suck before you get better. 
And the fun thing with like podcasts is like, even though it's like recorded you, and you can hear your suckiness at first, you can like see and hear that like improvement and you can pick out the things that you want to improve, right? Because it's like recorded and it's right there. And so, you know, next time you have a guest on, you know, you're not, you don't want to say like as much or, um, or like, uh, you want to be a little bit more prepared or whatever. And it's just like takes time, I think, and for you to put yourself out there and suck a little bit before you can get better. And so what have been your biggest rewards of doing this? Um, you know, I think it's just been like, I think just like all the people and things like that I've gotten to talk about and learn about. Like I was saying that I probably wouldn't have been able to like had an excuse or reason to like learn more about or like talk to that person. I think it's been really cool. And that's something I think with just like journalism in general, that's like pretty cool is you're, you have the excuse to like ask people about things or themselves, you know, that you find kind of interesting and you get to pick their brain, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's just been fun trying to like put these things out there and really connect to the UW community and, you know, see the reaction. And I'm like really working to try to reach more of the UW community. But I think the reaction that we have gotten has been positive and that's been cool to see. And do these shows run any ads or ask for donations? Uh, we do not. Um yeah, we don't, uh, just because we're part of the daily, you know, technically. Uh, we, I think eventually in the future, like the new, like the daily would like to be able to like monetize podcast. But as you know, that's like pretty difficult. I feel like the podcast market is kind of like oversaturated right now. So it's like, why should you listen to? these student produced hosted run podcasts when there's, I think like a lot of other ones that maybe like better quality, more interesting, bigger guests or whatever. But at the same time, like I, I do feel like our podcasts are valuable in that we're a bunch, you know, we're college students trying to learn how to do this. And there's some really cool things that we have going on. Like our sports one has like, athletes come in and they kind of just talk to them as students, which I think is really fun. Um, but yeah, maybe in the future, someone can figure out how to monetize it. But right now we just do it. I, I, I really encourage people to join podcasts just for like the learning experience and if they're interested in it. Um, but yeah, we, we don't ask for any money or anything. And where do you host your podcast files? Um, we, I, we just switched over to Spreaker. Uh, I don't know if you know that one, but, um, uh, I've, I've been enjoying it. We used to host like through like the WordPress, like website kind of. So like, um, we would just post them as blog posts and, um, I wanted to find a way to like better track the statistics and be able to get on Spotify because I felt like the two major platforms people usually listen to podcasts now are like iTunes and Spotify. So I thought that would help. And so, yeah, we're using Spreaker and it's nice because they have like uh, the ability to, to embed players and like 
whole playlist of the show. So being able to put that like on the daily website and then still have it track the listens and stuff has been nice for like statistic wise and tracking all of that stuff. Um, but yeah, we were doing Spreaker. And what microphones do you use? Um, so I actually don't know the specific name of the microphones. That's some of that technical stuff. I'm like the first to admit, I really don't know that much about. And I realized that probably doesn't sound the best coming from me as the podcast editor. Um, but yeah, we are like, we have a podcast studio, which is pretty nice in the daily newsroom. And we have like a three mic setup um, and a mixer and stuff. But the funny thing is about, like, our little podcast studios, there's, like, four doors um, that go in and out of it. So you can hear everything that um, goes on. Uh, you can hear the doors shut and close and then all the newsroom chatter. So that's that's been one of the difficult things. But, yeah. Well, having a shared studio must mean that it's much easier to add new shows. Yeah, yeah, it's been, like, nice, um, and I think, like, a lot of with adding new shows, it's just, like, a matter of people, like, wanting to and following through, because I think, like, I always, <laughs> um, encourage people to, like, come and talk to me about starting a new show, and it's, like, a, you know, it's kind of a big, uh, project to take on, right, um, so a lot of people, you know, say I want to do a podcast, and then, they don't really want to do all of the work that goes into a podcast. And so that's been kind of uh, a struggle to get people to commit and stuff. But yeah, having a studio is really nice so that uh, people can just go in, schedule interviews and schedule like doing any voiceover stuff they need or editing with uh, audition because, you know, uh, they don't have it. They if they they can edit on Audacity on their own computers. But sometimes it's nice to be able to use Audition, which is I think a little bit better for editing. But yeah, is that your software of choice? Yeah, it is. I I like used Audacity like last year, um, but uh, you've probably used Audacity or like you know played with it a little bit. Um, it's just like not. I feel like you can't get in there as much. It's. I feel like auditions a little bit uh, easier to use, and you can do a little bit more with it, which is why I really like it. Um. So yeah, I I've, I've been starting. I well, from this year, I've like edited all the podcasts that we have using Audition, just because I feel like it allows me to do a little bit, little bit more. And how long do you think that post production takes? Um, uh, it kind of depends on the show. So, like, the box seat, which is our sports one, you know, maybe takes, like, an hour. Uh, it's, like, a half-hour interview, you know? And so I go through, uh, the whole thing, clean it up a little bit, um, move around the segments that need to be where they are and add in the music and stuff. Um, so that one's kind of like bare bones and like pretty easy, but then we have one that's like a limited series. That's about, um, student Senate. 
and that one has like a bunch of interviews and like scripted voiceover and music and like you know audio that she recorded at events and so we just have to like I have to um put all that together and like she's written a script and we worked on it together so that we just sort of um I just have to put it all together but there's a lot more components to like that one than the sports one so that one takes longer I don't know two hours plus so how many shows do you edit for uh five wow that's a lot (laughs) it is it's like podcast is taking over my life is what i say um and if you like podcasts that's not a bad thing but it it is kind of like crazy um having to balance all of that um i am trying to encourage more people to join podcasts to like learn how to edit podcasts so that i can maybe split up some of the work and i just think it's a good skill to have to be able to like edit something You know, I try to teach the hosts if they want to slash have time how to edit their own podcast. And like some of them do do like sort of the bigger edits of like sections they want cut out or um, rearranging of stuff using Audacity. And then I'll go in and if there's like some stuff I have to clean up, I'll I'll go do that. And so that kind of helps me and it helps them learn how to use some of the software. And then for the show that you host, what do you do to prepare So that one is just like a constant, like, um, it's like a weekly anxiety attack. (laughs) Um, Every Monday, I, because I've released, I tried to, last quarter, I released like um, every Friday at 6 a.m. So on Monday, I try to like, that's when all the stories come out, new stories for the week come out for the daily. And so I'd go through there, look for an interesting story or an story idea, um, and then try to find, like, send out emails to people who I could possibly interview. And um, hopefully someone agrees to that. If not, I will usually just ask a reporter who wrote the story, you know? I like to have, like, if I can, like, the person who wrote the story and then, like, one interview outside of them maybe a source that they talk to or someone that could provide a different insight. And then I write the script and then go in and like record my thing and then edit it all together. So it's pretty time intensive. Um, but you know, and sometimes I, I do feel like depending on the week, the quality can sometimes vary just because of the time I have or like the interviews I can secure um, but I try my best to put it out every Friday and have that be consistent and to provide like some sort of like news, re- like relevant news to the UW community. And when you're doing your interviews, are those face to face or remote? Um, yeah, I try to get them into the studio if possible. Otherwise, I'll just do a phone interview and record that. Um, I have like an app on my phone that allows you to record like a phone conversation. And the audio isn't <laughs> great, but it does work and you can hear them. And so uh, I'll do that um, if it's easier because I feel like it's better to just have a phone interview than no interview at all. Yeah, sometimes we get very concerned with the quality of the guests recording. But when you listen to like terrestrial radio, they'll have people calling up on the phone quite often. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be like a senator or something and they'll just be on the phone. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, and I think, like, if it's a good, interesting person to, like, interview, it's, like, it's fine, you know? Um, like, because sometimes those people, like, can't come in. Like, I, I, I talked to, like, one of the representatives um, who was behind, um, the state representatives that was behind um, the the end of malice, like, piece of legislation that went on the ballot in November. And obviously he wasn't going to be able to come into the studio. He didn't have time, but he did offer his time for a phone call. And so I was like, yeah, that would be great. And he walked like me through uh, the legislation and what that meant. And like, you know, it being on the ballot and what would happen with that. So that was cool. And do you have any advice for new podcasters or people thinking about starting one? Um, I guess I would say just like do it and like, have your expectations in check, you know? <laughs> um, I think, like, one of the hard parts is just, like, actually doing it because you can get this really cool idea and um, try to plan all of it out, but if you don't actually do it, then, like, it's, you know, pointless, you know? So I think just taking the big step and um, just recording something, you know, having it, of course, planned out or whatever, but just just, you know, going for it because a lot of people I think don't make it past that because they are like, oh, I don't know if I actually, you know, want to hear my voice or I'm that good of an interviewer or whatever. But it's like, I don't think, I mean, there's some people that are obviously pretty good at interviewing naturally, but like, that's a skill that takes time and practice. So just going for it, learning from your mistakes and getting better gradually, I think is just important to remember. And like having low expectations in that, you know, you're not going to have like a thousand listeners, like always, you know, maybe the first episode because it's like new and cool and you get all your friends and family to listen to it first and like, but you know, just having your expectations in check that like, you know, maybe you're probably not going to be on the front page of the iTunes podcast, like (laughs) page, uh, going forward, but you know, just Knowing that, but just keeping on like working and trying to improve and remember that you're doing it for yourself and maybe the small community or listeners that you have right now. And that's okay. Like you can work on promoting it and growing the audience, but just really making sure that you're putting out quality stuff, no matter how small of an audience it is. And that that's okay if it's only like 20 people, but just keep working on it because it's for you. and. It's fun. And how much time do you spend promoting these shows? It's uh, a good question. So, like, I've been, like, struggling with trying to figure out the best route to do this. And I was, like, listening to one of your other podcasts with, I mean, now I forget the guest. But um, it's, I think it's just, like, really hard, you know? Uh, we mostly promote everything through Twitter. Um, is there is the big thing you know I found like those um video like audiogram things where you can like insert like an audio clip like 30 second audio clip and have like a photo um behind it um that's kind of like a cool thing that I think like attracts like at least like gets people to be like oh what's that in their twitter feed um I last month I ran like a Twitter ads campaign 
um, just because I was interested to see if that would help at all. And um, it drove a lot of traffic to our website. Like, it was, like, pretty dramatic, which is cool. I'm not sure how much it actually translated to listens. Um, but it did seem like it was kind of effective. So I'm still trying to play around and figure out more strategies to promote it besides just um, Twitter. Uh, just because we have a limited amount of resources. Like, we podcast doesn't have like a budget to like spend on marketing um so a lot of it is just like us tweeting and trying to engage with people on twitter to like listen or whatever i'm posting on facebook but yeah and do you keep up much with the podcast industry news um you know like when i found like i didn't know like the seattle podcasters guild like existed until like i feel like a couple weeks ago when i saw your list of all the podcasts and stuff and that was really cool um i'm not sure if i keep up with the industry news that much mainly because so much of my time is dedicated to school and then editing these five podcasts but um you know i do try to like listen to uh, other podcasts as much as I can um just to like see what you know what I like about them and see um what I could do differently or maybe what we could add to the network or whatnot so you are an active podcast listener I am yes yeah it's funny like I didn't honestly get into podcasts until like a few years ago like listening to them but I will like uh, say that one of my roommates was really really into podcasts and she just like wouldn't shut up about them and um, eventually I was just like I gotta start listening to these um, so that we can talk about them and uh, it's just been like a, it's a good way to pass the time especially if you're doing like, a boring task at work or something totally totally so how do you discover new shows um you know a lot of it is just like browsing like the uh, spotify podcast page or um itunes spotify page or like taking like you know looking at my favorite podcast now and if they have a guest on them like that cross promotion thing really works like at least on me if i like there's like someone i really liked on this podcast and then i'll go find their own podcast and listen to that but otherwise it's sort of i guess based on like my interests are what I want to listen to. Um, it's nice to have like the listen to the daily or up first or whatever short news thing. But then I like listening to like NPR's Code Switch and then like or David Chang's like podcast where he interviews these cool people and um, just talks about everything, you know. So yeah, it's I, I, it's just kind of like whatever I kind of stumble upon, I guess. And as a podcast listener, do you have any pet peeves? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't know, because I feel like podcasts, are so, each one is so different, you know? Um, it's, like, hard to say if I have a pet peeve, because I kind of just, like, take each one as it is. Because um, each, like, each one is so different. There's, like, you know, David Chang literally just talks to, like, a cool person, and that's the show. And then... And like the beginning, he just kind of talks out loud by himself. Um, I'm not gonna like, I like I I like it for what it is versus like 
I don't know, a serious like documentary podcast like Caliphate, you know, which is like super cool and really good, but it's totally different than, you know, David Chang's podcast. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find more information about this network? Yeah, so we have our website, uwpodcast.com, and then they can follow us at, on Twitter, um, which is just UW. Uh, actually, let me check. It's UW Daily Podcast for our Twitter handle. Um, but yeah, if you go to our website or just follow us on Twitter, we're pretty active on Twitter, so you can find all of the shows and news about them there. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.